This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 34 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and as ever I am joined by Gary. How are you my good man? Very, very well indeed. Thank you. Refreshed and revitalised from my weekend away. Good and, stuff. Uh, obviously a finalist in the Blogging Awards which we'll we'll talk about a little later though. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations on that. The Thank podcast you. didn't quite make it in but uh, we shall endeavour to get that there next year. There but, is another... Uh, yeah. There is another Lincoln City uh, entry, though, which Ooh. slipped me by earlier. Um, it's a young, very young uh, YouTuber called It's Red Imps. Um, oh, okay. I think he's only 13 or 14. I might be wrong about that. If I am, I apologize. Um, but yeah, he's in Best New Content Creator, which we could have gone in if we'd thought about it, really. I mean, let's face it, we're yeah, never well. going to beat the Under the Cosh podcast, are we? <laughs> no. But uh, even yeah, I'd I vote mean, for them over us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we do kind of we do ramble a little bit, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. You know, I'm I'm okay. I'm over it. All right, I'm over it. Shut up. You're no, you're angry. <laughs> um, no, like, congrats, man. It's 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 uh, it's very well deserved, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have a, a better result than we've had over the past couple of years with it. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, so anyway. Um, we will jump in. Actually, before we go any further, um, I've promised somebody something for the past couple of weeks and I kind of forgot. Um, so I'm going to plug right at the top of the show, going to plug uh, Cowley versus Cowley 2. Uh, I believe there are still plenty of tickets available. I think there was a rumor at one point that it had sold out, but that's not the case. Um, and it's uh, 15th of April. I believe it's uh, Monday f- um, following that's the... Right. That's right, uh, yeah. it's the day Game of Thrones new series premieres. Yes, <laughs> that's correct. Yeah, so it's it's the fifteenth uh, of April um, at the Engine Shed. Tickets are on sale now. I think through Eventbrite, and uh, it's going to be a really good night. We did last year's one, um, and the reason I'm mentioning it at the top of the show is because I promised Jane twice that I'd do it, and if I'm honest, she scares me a little bit. So I'm going to uh, get it out of the way now. So there we go. That's plugged. Right. Um, you weren't at the game on Saturday, as you said, you were away for the weekend, a uh, very relaxing and refreshing weekend, as you said. Um, so it's down to me to discuss the Macclesfield game. Um, I mean, what did, what were your thoughts on it at the time? Cause I know you were kind of following it on, on social media and on everything else. And I know that's obviously a little bit different to what you'd normally do. So how, how did you see it playing out? Cause I know you, you did a blog on it and it was quite interesting. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, up until probably an hour after the end of the game, I felt like I'd been kicked in the bollocks because you look at the other results and you think, Jesus, if we'd won that, you know, there'd be a massive gap. We'd, we wouldn't have just given ourselves, you know, one foot in League One. We would have given ourselves, you know, a couple of, a big toe would already in the, in the title. You know what I mean? So to win the game would have been phenomenal. And then you kind of, you, you look back and you you reconsider and um, you think, well, in actual fact, Macclesfield are fighting for their lives. That's going to be one of the 
the tougher games. Do you know what I mean? And mm. it doesn't look like it on paper, but look at the two matches we've had against Macclesfield. We've lost two one and drawn one all. You know they're not pushovers. Occasionally they crumble and fold, but that kid in goal, what a goalkeeper he is! Out of contract, by the way, at Manchester United at the end of this year, um, mm. which could be interesting. And I think when you look at Barry's claps, and I think when you when you consider the results that we had last night as well, and you take the result in that context, um, mm. you know, a point's better than a loss. We've only lost four all seasons. Only one team, I think, in the whole of the EFL who have lost fewer games than we have, and that's Sunderland. Um, mm. And you know, we wouldn't swap places with them because they're outside the playoffs uh, in their division, and we're not. So, at the end of the day. It's yeah. it's a good result. It's another one of those results where we haven't been beaten, um, and we're at the point of the season now where you know you're not just looking at your own result. Your result has to be taken in context of what everybody else does. In September and October, that's not the case because there's still a long while to play. But we know exactly what is required, exactly who's got to play who, um, and so I think when you take it in that context and you match it up with the team, other teams that played, uh, I think it was a decent point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I I didn't necessarily feel at the end of the game like I'd had a you know kick to the groin. I I, I sort of was a little bit more pragmatic at it, um, about it after the whistle had gone. Um, and let's face it, I had plenty of time to contemplate on it as I was waiting to get down the stairs. Um, it was just I don't know. It we started really well. Um, we did, we had a really solid start and we were just peppering their goal with with all you know all kinds of of efforts and you know getting through breaking through they didn't really look to do anything other than stop us playing um which was quite difficult for for large portions of the first half because i thought bruno had a, a decent game up until um the moment where he seemed to almost slip back which played their guy through for the goal but we'll we'll come to that in a second um I thought, yeah, Bruno played really well. I thought, uh, I thought Danny Rowe started really lively. I thought he, he looked really impressive, um, and it it seemed like it was going to be a matter of time before a goal came. Uh, John Akindi had a, a shot saved, fantastic stop by the way. He was their keeper was absolutely on fire at the weekend. I think we could have been maybe three four up if it weren't for the keeper, you know, really really shining, um, and. It was just one of those afternoons where when things weren't going and you thought this could go tits up, um, but then, well, it, it sort of did. I think um, with the, the the instant with Bruno when he, well, the ball came up, I, I don't know if he tried to, to, to head a clearance or if he slipped or whatever, but it, it kind of pinged off his forehead and... It played there, it played their wing through, and he played a really nice ball in, and I, to be fair, it's a, a quality finish from from the lad that's uh, you know that's put it in, um, and their you know their fans erupted rightly so, um, and it, it was just one of those moments where we thought, okay, we've been here before. It's one nil Macclesfield. We're at Sinsel Bank. This game means something. We can do this, and the crowd didn't you know they didn't bemoan it. They didn't stop. And and get grumbly, they immediately jumped up and said, "Right, come on, lads, let's do this." And we, you know, the noise on Saturday was unbelievable. I mean, it's not nine and a half, nine thousand six hundred, something like that. Um, and it was just really impressive. Um, I think as well uh, that there was a, a very early penalty shout, and I think looking back at it a couple of times, I think we've said this before that we we feel Bruno can sometimes go down a little bit too easily. And in my opinion, it was a penalty, but I don't think I don't think he's helped himself with with sort of previous antics. But that's not to say anything derogatory about him. I just think sometimes he needs to work on that side of his game and maybe not do it quite so often. Um, but anyway, yeah, second half came along, and we just kept pushing and pushing. I thought personally we had a, a really quiet first twenty minutes of the second half. I just thought we we didn't look like Danny had gone in at half time and said, right, we know what we've got to do, get out there and do it. You know, it, it just seemed to be a bit kind of, it, a lot of the sting was taken out of the game. A lot of the pace was kind of, it seemed to disappear from the play. Um, and I mean, Macclesfield came to, Macclesfield came to avoid the defeat. That's clear as day. Uh, they didn't really offer too much going forward after that, aside from right at the very end. Um, 
But yeah, on, on the whole, Macclesfield did a really good defensive job until the point where they conceded a free kick. And as soon as he, as soon as the free kick got conceded, I turned to my wife. I just right, this has got Erdley's name all over it. And sure enough, Postman steps up, bang, top corner, in off the post, and everyone went a bit mad. So um, after that, I just. I, <laughs> Personally, I thought he, I thought Danny may have brought Reedy on a little bit too late. It would have been nice to see him get maybe 10, 15 minutes rather than five at the end. And when he came on again, it started to, we, we mixed it up a little bit and started to play a slightly different style, which maybe benefited John O'Kindy a little bit more. But it's, um, it's a debate that will probably rage forever on, on that, uh, on that front. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't as disappointed with it as, as you were, particularly, as I say, Oh, as you said, the the results kind of went our way, and uh, on Tuesday night as well, they seemed to go our way a lot more. Um, it was just one of those, like you say, we we could have been looking at it going, ah, we could have had a, you know, could have got our fingertips around the, the edge of the tro- uh, edge of the trophy there. Just really frustrating when you look at it that way. But ultimately, on the day, Macclesfield were they were worthy of a point. I think they they played, you know, they played to stop us from playing our game and. They got a good goal, and and we couldn't we couldn't break them down. So that's my summation of the match. Um, I mean, any any further thoughts on on where we where we could be, or where you know where, where we probably should have been after the weekend? It's hard. <clears throat> I think it's hard to think about what could have been now because it's you got to live in the here and the now, and it's um, yeah, we could have won. Yeah, we could be ten points clear of our nearest challengers. With six games to go, we could win at the weekend. We could lose at the weekend. Do you know it's there isn't any long term plan. There isn't a kind of well, if we can average two points a game over the next four games, and then we can do this, and then we can do that. That's what you can plan for in September. But right now, there's you know we're, we can see it. You can see the end. We're all going towards that straight. There's a gap between us um, and and, and the, the lot behind us. They're picking each other off. You know, there's a lot of tasty games to come. We start with the one at the weekend, which I know we'll we'll look at in a minute. But um, you know, look you look at Tranmere. I think they've got Mansfield and MK Dons. Might be wrong yeah. about that. You know, Mansfield have obviously got MK Dons. Teams are going to drop points, and what we're doing, we're looking at it. We're looking at the league, and we're going right. So we're we're, we're ten points or however many points clear of. Um, I think it's eight points, isn't it? Clear of MK Dons. So you beat MK Dons, and you're eleven points clear with them. With however many games to go, five games to go. And it's the, the different permutations are brilliant, but they, I tried doing a, a blog on them a few weeks ago when it was a little bit more straightforward. It's not straightforward. Mm. There is still um, twists and turns to come. Um, we're still going to come away from a game in the not so long, not so distant future thinking, oh, are we going to blow this? But I'll tell you something, we won't collapse like, um, like Berry have. And mm. I think it's worth us touching on that a little bit. Um, I don't yeah, want to be, yeah, sure. I don't want to be too disrespectful to Berry. I know that there's a lot of people who kind of feel that maybe Berry are getting what they deserve uh, because Ryan Lowe got the EFL Manager of the Year, which is you know, ridiculous. That's voted for. It's not his fault. And because some of their fans think because they play nice football, they deserve to be top. That's only a very small section of their fans. Is the same as there's only a very small section that. We're knobheads at the end of our game. In the main, they're a lower league club, very much like ourselves. Probably flirt with financial catastrophe far more often than we do. And obviously that's just rearing its head again now. Um, It's been simmering away underneath, I think, for a while. Um, But losing Danny Mayer at this key stage of the season is massive. They've conceded six goals in two games at home. Um, Very good friends with the Bury Me and XR blog, um, Pete. And he tells me that it was it was woeful last night. So if Berry are woeful and they're falling away, Tranmere have, have slipped up. And if you actually look at Tranmere's away record, it's actually really poor. Uh, they've, they've won the seven games on the spin, and I think three of those have been away. And that props up a really, really bad away record. If you took, if you go back seven games, I think they had the second or third worst away record in the division. You know, over the likes of Notts County. Um, and they've got some tough games away, not least coming to us. So we thought for a while that it looked like it might be Bury, us and Tranmere. And now, you know, MK Dons have, have, are on great form, as we'll, we'll look at in a moment. Mansfield's thumping Exeter at the weekend. Who saw that coming after Mansfield? You know, they've been rolling over and having their belly tickled. 
And the good thing for us, if everybody keeps killing off everybody else and striking mortal blows, um, we're going to drop points. But I, I the, the way things are going at the moment, I still think that we can certainly have promotion wrapped up um, on Good Friday. And I wouldn't be surprised if we we don't have a good opportunity to wrap up the title at home against Tranmere. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, I had a quick look earlier at the um, at the, some of the possible permutations, and it was I think it, it works out at two wins, and we're pretty much there. Yeah. Um, it, it looks like you know if we, if we win on Saturday, uh, we we are more than likely going to be able to wrap it up on Good Friday. Um, we won't. The... By the way, we won't win on Saturday. Fair enough. That's well. We'll we'll come to that in a second. Um, but then we've obviously got you know the, the the potential to to wrap it wrap up the league, which is something that is just. I, I didn't think I'd be saying that about about Lincoln City in the football league. I'll, I'll be honest for for a very long time. But the chances are that we could potentially wrap up the league um, at home to Tranmere. But we could wrap let's it up. Not get ahead of ourselves. We could wrap up the league at Carlisle because don't forget there's Cheltenham at home as well. Which is a winnable mm. game, and I think is that a week on Saturday, Cheltenham at home. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, so I think we we could. In, sorry, yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about the Cheltenham game for a second. Yeah, in theory, we could possibly wrap up promotion at home against uh, against Cheltenham. But again, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's let's move on to the MK Dons game. And uh, you've said something that I wasn't expecting you to come out with. There, you don't think we're going to win. No, I don't think we're going to win. Um, but I'll I'll do the usual run through first because I have made some notes. Um, MK Dons are a side that I actually quite like, not in terms of their history and all of that. But I'm not I'm not going to go into that. Um, that's not something that concerns me anymore. It's I'm not going to say forgive and forget, but at the same time, it's there's far worse things happen in the football league for us to start getting our knickers in a twist about something that happened all that time ago. And maybe we can discuss mm-hmm. it in a minute, actually, you know, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. So you look at the Dons, I think the last game they played was they played a 4-3-3 formation. Interesting because I think we perform worst against 3-5-2 or 5-3-2 or however you want to set up. When there's three centre-halves and two wing-backs, I think it, it limits us being able to get in behind. With a 4-3-3, it's interesting because it's going to force a lot of the play through the middle of the park. Um, Alex Gilby is a key player for them. He missed uh, he missed the last game, I believe, but he's expected to be back. Um, Jordan Moore-Taylor, massive fan of Jordan Moore-Taylor, was at Exeter last year. I thought he had a stormer against us when we beat him 2-1 earlier in the year. He's missing. George Williams, six assists to his name. He's likely to be missing. He's out injured as well. They've got David Wheeler on loan. He plays what I suppose is classed as right forward of the 4-3-3. Um, he spent the first half of the season at Portsmouth on loan from QPR. But he was an Exeter boy. He was brought through from non-league by Paul Tisdale. He's a Tisdale man. Um, and he's looking to provide Kieran Agard. Chuck Saniki, who everyone kind of goes on about. And I don't know if it was you and I talking, saying that we, we would like Aniki um, in our side if we went up or if it was with somebody else. I do nothing but talk about football, so it all mingles <laughs> into one. Um, he's been benched in the last three games. Actually came off to score um, in not the last game, game before that. But uh, he's not getting a start because he doesn't suit the 4-3-3 formation that, that Tilson has... Tilson? Um, Tisdale has, has stumbled upon Tilson. Jesus, that's frightening. Um, so they've won seven in their last nine matches, uh, and they're on a really good winning run. I think it's I think it's five in a row. Uh, I might be wrong about that. Um, one that they've lost because they've, they've drawn one of them. So the one that they've lost in the last nine was four two away at Morecambe. So they're they're a bit of a an odd case in that they've they've got a bad result in them, but they've really found their form again recently. Prior to that nine match run, they uh, they won two in ten. Okay. So really contrasting um, fortunes there. You know, really quite quite stark as well. But of the nine matches uh, that we're talking about now, that they're on the good run, they played one of the top six, which was Forest Green mm-hmm. Rovers, which I think was three two or was, was very close um, at the weekend. Was it two one, three two, something like that? Um, so is it time for them to you know, 
be tested. It's it's a big test for them as much as it is us because they've not. When I say they've not really played anybody, you know, they beat Newport County twice in that run, um, and Carl Carlisle, I believe, who have been utter rubbish in recent weeks after breaking into the top seven, uh, and their fans desperately want Presley out. Um, so, because you know, it worked when they got Sheridan. When Sheridan left, you know, new manager bounce. So it'll be interesting. Um, but no, I don't think we're going to win the game. The reason I don't think we're going to win the game is uh, Tisdale, because I think Paul Tisdale is one of the managers who knows how to play against Lincoln City. Very few do, but I think he proved it with Exeter last year. Um, to all intents and purposes, were it not for the Lancaster flying over and that massive swell of, come on, let's be having it, I think we could probably have drawn at our place, if not been beaten. You know, it was an engrossing game. It'll be an engrossing game on Saturday. Um, I don't think we'll get beat. I just think it's going to be a draw. And a draw will absolutely delight every single person wearing red and white in the stadium. Yeah, I think um, it's a fair point. To be honest, I'm I'm quite... Uh, I'm. I'm- I'd be more than happy with a draw. I think the uh, well, I think the, the the possibilities will obviously become a little bit clearer after the game. But it's um, I don't know. I I can't help but agree with you as much as I want us to win, and as much as I think if if everybody puts in the performance that we all know that they're capable of, I think we could potentially come away with the win. I I just honestly think. Yeah, it's it's a fair shout for a draw, um, and hopefully, um, other teams start to well, other teams continue their little uh, their little slide. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's said earlier before it's, it's possibly two wins. Um, I think if we take two points from MK Dons, and then obviously there's the final game between MK Dons and Mansfield, which, by the way, is going to be if if things pan out. In it, well, if, if things pan out where they, they both sort of match each other, that final day is going to be enormous, and I, I can't wait to, to well to see that one coming through. Here's um, my shout: I think it'll be irrelevant. Really? So I think, yeah, I think both teams' futures will be decided by then. Um, clashes with Tranmere and a couple of the other games that they've got coming up, I think it will be largely irrelevant. And if the form of the two teams that I think are, we're going to do well continues on a bad run. I think both of those teams could probably be automatic promotion um, by the time they meet on the final game of the season. I think Tranmere could end up being killed off. Uh, and I think if the troubles at Berry continue the way that they are doing, I think they'll find themselves in the playoffs as well. And I think it will literally just be playing for second and third on that final game of the season. Okay. Um, I, and I'll be honest, I, I, I know we said earlier in the season about uh, there's always one team that kind of has a really strong run towards the end and, and seems to to sneak it. Um, my personal top three at this point, I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be us. Uh, I think it will be MK Dons, and I think Tranmere might bounce back from from their loss last night. Um, I think I think yeah, you're right in the fact that Berry seem to be on that slide. I think they're possibly going to possibly going to continue on that I think Mansfield to me they they're, they're blowing very hot and cold at the minute I mean when we went there um they they weren't incredible and then they've obviously had a couple of other dodgy results but then they had a really good game against Exeter there doesn't seem to be the consistency there at Mansfield that there is with ourselves and with the likes of um you know with the likes of Tranmere so yeah, my Tram- my neck on the line shout is is us Dons and Tranmere at this point. Here's why Tranmere won't get it. Um, they're four points adrift. Just bear that in mind already. So they're already playing catch up to the tune of at least two fixtures. They gash away from home, and they've got Newport away. They've obviously got us away, and they've got Crawley away. Mm, yeah, okay, I could see them picking up. Let's be generous, five points from that, a win and two draws. Let's let's give them the benefit of the doubt. They could get a draw at our place because we might be beyond caring at that point. Um, possibly win at Crawley, maybe struggle at Newport because you know they've got to bounce straight back. Their home games, MK Dons, Forest Green and Berry. Again, you're not telling me that in those games they're going to pick up any more than four points. So that'll be a total of nine points. 
They're already four points adrift, so it means that they would only be gaining five points over either MK Dons or Mansfield. And I'm telling you now, Mansfield and MK Dons between them will win two more games before the end of the season. So that will uh, that will see Tranmere comfortably out of the top three. Um, it's for me, it's between Bury Mansfield and MK Dons now, and. Like I said, those troubles at Bury they 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 concern me. They're missing Danny Mayer. They're missing him for two key games. Um, they've got not uh, they've not got a tough run in as such. And I mean, I, 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 yeah, I don't want that to sound um, like I'm I'm kind of telling them they should be doing better. But you know, they're mm. they're away at Carlisle. They're at home to Colchester. Away at Newport. At home to Northampton. Well, there's there's four games there that realistically Bury of three weeks ago would pick up. 10 or 12 points. Without Danny Mayer, they've got to go to Carlisle and host Colchester. Three points, maybe. Maybe four. Um, Away at Newport. Newport, they're an interesting one because they've got games in hand. I think they're on 38, um, which is the fewest games played in our division, and they're still in with a shout at the playoffs. They could have a big say. Northampton are a very tough side at the moment. They've been on a really good run. Obviously, trip to Tranmere on the 27th of April is absolutely huge for Berry, And then they win their last game at home to Port Vale. But by that point, Mansfield and MK Dons, I think will be there. Fair enough. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's see how it plays out. I mean, I'm, I'm as long as we're there, I mean, let's be honest, you've said it last week, you've said it in the blog. I've said it as well. Like it's, it's a case of just keeping it, uh, keeping up with the form that we've had now. Um, Two wins with there. It's... We're going up. Um, and yeah. I don't want that to sound arrogant. We, I've been saying it probably for five, four or five weeks now, four weeks maybe that you know, we're going up. I, I tipped us to win the title at the very beginning of the season and you know, I got quite a, quite a bit of stick off fans of other teams, you know, arrogant Lincoln, blah, blah, blah. We've been top hmm. all season. So yeah, I was, I was only calling it as I saw it. I'm not arrogant um, in, in any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I, whether we go up as champions, I didn't think so two or three weeks ago. Right now, yeah, I think we're going to win the league. Um, but we've got to go and actually win it. And, and Saturday will tell us a lot because but even if we lose Saturday, we're still going to be five points clear with with 15 to play for and five mm-hmm. games left. Do you know, it's, we're in a fantastic position. Last night's results really were were the icing on the cake. They really were. They were. Yeah. Um, there was something special, and uh, it's yeah, going mean, to be. It's one of those. If we carry on with our points average, I think it is, because we, we're averaging about two points a game at the minute. If we carry on with those two points a game, then we'll win the league with a game to spare. It's that's basically it. And we're so. eight. We're what, eight points clear. If we average a point a game, um, that would give us, I think, enough to actually win the title. Yeah, genuinely. Yeah, I mean. I, 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 I think someone was saying the other day we're probably looking at what uh what are we on at the minute? Eighty are we on eighty now? Or are we on seventy now? I can't remember what we're on at the minute. Bloody hell, we're not um, gonna be on seventy, are we? It's uh, no we yes. Yeah. yeah, we're on uh, we're on eighty. MK Dons are on seventy two, Barry are on seventy one and Mansfield are on sixty nine, so there's 11 points uh, between us and fourth, uh, forgetting that teams have to play each other. So it's yeah, it's 11 points um, with six games to play. So if we were to draw every single one of our games that's remaining, uh, we would be 17 points clear of Mansfield before they started winning theirs. So they would have to win all three, uh, all six of their games to overtake us. And that's even if we drew every game that we've got left between now and the end of the season. So I think, I think that's the thing. We're, we're, it's it's fair to say that the uh, the champagne is is now getting nice and chilled and we're hopefully, uh, hopefully going to be able to pop the cork shortly. So, um, is there anything else that you want to we want to sort of have a chat about? Because I know we did mention there about some of the uh, the situations at other clubs. Um, do we want to go into that now, or do we want to save that for um, a later date? Let's go into one of them. You pick a club and let's talk about their situation. Who do you want to talk about? MK Dons. Um, yeah, you did. You weren't going to say MK um, Dons there, were you? Who were you going to say? My initial, my initial one, and then I realised it's probably not of much interest to people unless they are following the football drama on Twitter. Um, I wanted to say Bolton because yeah, let's talk about Bolton. Go on. I mean, what what's going on at that club? Like they, as I think, I think as I speak, 
there is a hearing going on um, to make sure that Bolton can indeed play their games uh, that are coming up because um, they've been, what is it? They've been, um, they've been pulled up on a safety. um, But they've had their uh, safety certificate taken off them. Uh, If they do do play their next two matches, uh, they cannot have fans at the ground because uh, my understanding is that that safety certificate now could not be put in place. And the reason that's happened yeah. is because they haven't paid their staff and players um, and the staff have basically essentially gone on strike. Uh, I believe the players have been on strike yesterday and today uh, for not mm-hmm. being paid as well. So, yeah, it's um, utterly, utterly ridiculous. Yeah. I, I just The thing that I wanted to bring up was um, it was Ken Anderson because um, he put a statement out uh, was this yesterday? I think it was. Uh, yeah, yesterday. He put a he put a thing saying, um, indeed, I was told yesterday that at least one club, the players were buying their own food and doing their own laundry for many weeks. But to the best of my knowledge, none of their players went on strike. And let's remember, yesterday was only April 1st, so it's not as if it's week late, weeks late, is it? I mean, that's not a way to look at it. You know, you, you've got people that haven't been paid for two months on time and I think they only got their they only got their wages after consulting with legal action. Um, I, I, I can't understand how somebody can do business like this. I mean, I can. I've been a victim of it personally, but that's another story for another podcast. Um, the fact is that he's he's not paying his staff on time. And the fact that he's just stood there going, oh, but all the other boys are doing it too. Why can't I do it? They've not, they've not gone on strike. Ken, shut the fuck up and pay your staff. Like it's not, it's not a hard, it's not a hard thing to grasp. If you've got a business that employs people, you pay your staff. Yeah, well, the, the reason he's like, not doing it is because he believes he's going to get away with not paying them. Um, I think he thought that the takeover was going to be um, sorted and it was going to be the problem whoever came in and, and took over. And I think that's why he's he's not been paying them. Um, but, you know, he's been farcical all season. You've had uh, Carl Henry, uh, who I think ended up at Bradford. He claimed he was not paid wages that he was owed from last year. Uh, they escaped administration at least once this season, which would have automatically relegated them given the plight that they're in. Obviously, there was the Christian Deutsch fiasco, which yeah, I find it hard to feel sorry for Forest Green. But in actual fact, they were you know, they were shafted because they had their best player taken off them for six months and then just returned to them damaged goods hasn't been as good since he's come back. And now there's just this. I mean, they they were lucky to get their game on against Millwall and Ipswich, I believe, but I might be wrong about that. A couple of weeks ago, uh, because mm. again they hadn't paid their staff, and that came through quite late on. I think that was probably at the end of February, beginning of March time. Uh, and now I'm interested to the former controversial Watford owner is interested in them as well. And it's, for me, it just, it's almost like, you know, passing a dog from one group of um, dog fighters wanting to use him as bait to another. That's what it feels like to me. I, I'm stuck in the middle of it are these long suffering football fans who just want to go and watch their football club. Um, and it's, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to feel sympathy to a degree because it's in the world of the championship, it's, it's over exaggerated. People spend far, far more than they've actually got. And I think Bolton have probably tried to do that at times, whether that's the owner's fault, almost certainly. Um, but it's yeah. football fans at the end of the day. It's yeah, it's just, it's just horrendous. I mean, it, it just annoys me. Like, there's so much that's there. Like I said, if you if you're running a business, you pay your staff. That's if you can't pay your staff, then you'd be transparent with them. You know, you don't kind of try and ride it out and go, Oh well I'll give you when I'll give you it when someone's got you know, someone's got proof that they've got the money. It's like you need the proof that you've got the money. You're running the club. Yeah, it's, you know, it's football though, isn't it? It's not it's not like the same business. I mean, you look at Berry, you know, all of a sudden no card payments on the turnstiles last night, coinciding with the players not being played paid and they you know it's a cash flow issue, pure and simple. And that whether that's a previous owner or not, could Port Vale. I mean, Norman Spurthwaite threatened to put Port Vale into administration if he didn't find a buyer by May the 5th. And when a buyer came in, he wants four million quid from him for Port Vale. Four million quid. Jesus. 
that's for the ground and the club. But he owns the ground and the club separately. So any offer that comes in for the club, then they have to renegotiate for the ground as well. And yet he he saved them. He was part of the consortium that saved them from administration. And when you look back at Oldham, for instance, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce their owner's name. Um, they call him AL, so that'll do. But when he first came in, I did a I did a look back the other week for a football league world, and he was classed as the saviour. Finally, somebody coming in, he's got some money, he's going to put money into the club. And you go six, 12 months down the line, and it's all gone to, to shit. Edin Rahic at um, Bradford, another one. When he came mm. in, he came in with, um, it might be Jupp. I think his name's Jupp, Stefan Jupp. Uh, and they were talking about this is the yeah, German. Um, is that who it is? Yeah, there's actually a really good, uh, really good documentary on YouTube. If you search for, I think it's just just search for Bradford documentary. Um, there's a really good timeline of of when they took over and kind of the positivity that came through when they took over the club. And yeah, mm-hmm. like it's you say, huge. Because they'd done the cheap season tickets and everyone was saying, this is the model. They're implementing the German model and everybody, mm. we're, we're a beacon, we're a shining light. And some of the fans were a little bit smug about it. Yeah, but that's every fan, every section of every club's got their section of smug fans. We've got them. We've got our section of people that are arrogant and on social media as well. But, you know, they're the ones that stand out. And the, the real one, the real one that bites me, and we'll move on to our player of the year uh, thing in a minute. But the real one that grates me is Charlton Athletic. Because if you study Charlton, mm. yeah, you know, Duchalet, I think his name is Duchalet or something like that. What an utter arsehole he is. And mm. Lee Bowyer is coming. Carl Robinson left because he was promised investment that he didn't get. I don't like Carl Robinson. I think he's a mouthy, mouthy bugger. But anyway, so he leaves because he can't put him in the playoffs because he isn't being given all the money to spend on the best players. Bowyer comes in, kind of a, a cheap option, internal option, but he's former Charlton and he galvanises them. And all of a sudden, he's not this um, controversial thug that he was when he was a player. He's actually a really thoughtful and intelligent coach who has managed to put them into the top five I believe and leave them there all season without any significant investment Carlin Grant the leading scorer goes in the summer he says right I want to bring in Joe Mason he sells Carlin Grant for two million he wants to bring Joe Mason in for nothing uh, former Plymouth and Everton Wolves man I think and um, he's told he can't do it no I'm not going to bring a free transfer in I'm not going to signal that I'm not going to um, sign that off says the owner this is the same owner that isn't feeding or watering the youth team they've got to bring their own drinks in and he's still in the top five and he's lashed out now. And I think QPR are now looking at Bowyer and the kind of child have said, well, if QPR are Bowyer, we're going to go for Lee Clark, you know, sacked by Berry for being absolutely rubbish 18 months ago. And since being sat out of the game, and you just think how, if that was happening at our club, I'd cry. And it just, it just goes to show not only how lucky we are to have Clive and, and uh, Sportsfest and the current board and all the people involved that we've got, but how lucky we actually were to have Bob uh, during the mm. years of decline because it would have been easy for Bob to have gone, do you know what? I've put a lot of money into this and I'm getting nothing out of it. I'm just going to play the arsehole like Smurthwaite or Duchalet or the Oysters at Blackburn or Ken Anderson or Sisu for Coventry. Do you know what I mean? All these bad owners. And he took a hell of a lot of stick because we were awful on the field. But it looked like we were in disarray off the field. And yet still he was trying to do the best for the football club. And history will remember Bob fondly. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people who give him a lot of stick should should look now at other owners and think, we were yeah. bloody lucky. Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking to watch from a, you know, from, from a, a, a position of a football fan. You know, rivalries aside, I don't, I don't think there's any clubs at the minute that are in those dire straits that we would consider rivals Not county. It's, it's yeah obviously uh county, <laughs> county aside from the, the situation that they're in but i mean what a should we move on to player of the year should we should, yeah. should we should we pick it up a little bit because yeah we've... i'm just gonna get depressed otherwise <laughs> Because obviously, uh, I've uh, I, we don't do a Stacey West Player of the Year. We, we we might do a podcast one. I don't know. We won't do a vote because everybody's voting on everything these days. So we've put the fans player scheme on there. And if you want to join the mm-hmm. fans player scheme, I will be putting a proper link up on the blog uh, later tonight, which is yesterday as you're listening to it. So that will spin you out a bit. Um, so we've decided to pick one player who we would nominate 
happily as player of the year and one dark horse. But the trick is that we said that we wouldn't pick the same player because we would both have gone for the same player of the year. Um, but I'll, over to you for the one player of the year that I think we would both have picked and why. Yeah, it's Bozzy. I mean, Michael Boswick has just been an absolute rock all season, whether he's played in the middle or whether he's played at the back. I think he will strike fear into anybody that's running towards him. Um, If you're running at a midfield and you've got to face Michael Boswick before you even get to the defence, you'll probably shit yourself. Um, And then the same if if he's playing at the back. I I was sceptical when he started going at the back. Um, I, I really was a bit sceptical when he started playing in the back four, but he's formed a partnership with Jason Shackle that's just been immense. Um, the two of them together, they're both they're both fairly, you know, physically imposing players. But Bozzy's just he's a beast. There's there's no two ways about it. He will. The the stories that I've heard coming out of the club for, about Bozzy is like he'll come in. With his flip flops and his his socks, and he'll he'll come in in his you know in his uh, shorts and his t shirt, and he'll get changed, and he'll be really quiet, and he'll sit there in the dressing room, and then he'll go out on the pitch, and he'll just be an absolute animal for ninety minutes, and he'll come off the pitch, and he'll be really quiet again, and then he'll get changed, and he'll go home, and that that to me just sums it up. It's like he'll go in, he'll do his job to the absolute best of his ability, and he's an absolute demon when he does it, but then off the pitch, he's just the this quiet sort of enigma and I know you've you've written about it a few times and said before you know I'd be I imagine he's in a log cabin you know chopping chopping wood blocks with uh with an axe that he fashioned out of twigs or something it's uh he he's just yeah he's been one of the best signings that I think Danny's made by a long way um and yeah my my player of the season is Bozzy cool um I'd obviously pick Bozzy but if I had to pick a second place um, it would be remiss to go for another central defender because I don't think we're all about defending. So I'm going to have to go for Bruno Andrade. And the reason that I would give Bruno Andrade the, let's say, the runner-up position is I think he's a, he's a breath of fresh air. He's the sort of player that you want to see your club sign, one that can score goals, create goals, run at players, dip his shoulder, a uh, few tricks, few jinxes, but 99 times out of 100 he beats a player. Um, he has the odd off game. Uh, there was the sending off, which, you know, he was very, um, very apologetic for. And I think players get sent off and you can't, you can't hold it against them for a long period of time. I think he bounced back superbly. I just think Bruno Andrade has got that little bit of something uh, that, that footballers have, that little bit of uh, je ne sais quoi. When he gets on the ball, you expect something to happen. You expect him to beat a player. You expect to cross. Um, I think he was probably the best signing of the summer. I might, might get shot down for that. Um, but I just think to capture a player of his calibre uh, and to see him flourish in a side that is very functional at times. We are a functional side. You know, we stick to certain patterns of play. We're not spontaneous. We know what we've got to do. We're very, as Danny says, method orientated. Um, I think to see somebody who can have that spontaneity and can spring something from nowhere is is very exciting, and I think he's been incredible for us this season. Yeah, he's he's the flair player, isn't he? Yeah, he's the, he is, yeah. the one that you want to kind of do the fancy stuff and and you know come away with it with an absolute screamer. Um, we'll we'll move on to the dark horses, and I think um, if I can go first with mine. Um, it's it's the complete opposite to to Bruno. Uh, he's somebody that absolutely works his backside off, but he's not the flair player, and he's somebody that's picked up a lot of criticism um, for that because he's he's perceived as maybe lazy or whatever. But um, my dark horse is is Big John um, John Akindi. I think he's had uh, a season that has, you know, let's be honest, he he's not got. He's not got 20 goals. He's got 16 goals as it currently stands. Um, I think the people that were screaming at him for, you know, oh, we need we need a 20 goal a season striker. Halfway through the season, he got 10 goals and people were still moaning at him. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Big John that, that riles people, but you, if you spend the time and watch him, um, 
during the game. If you just watch him for a little while, you can see what he brings to the team. He's got the work rate of... Well, he's got an unbelievable work ethic and a work rate that I, I, I've not seen for quite a while at Lincoln. Um, he's he's the kind of player that will, you know, obviously he'll get goals, but he's not got as many as people expected him to. But the part of that for me is that the system that we're playing at the moment doesn't necessarily benefit him in, the, in a goal-scoring way. Um, he brings a lot more to the team in other areas. And there is an obvious criticism to be made there of well he's not you know he's he's paid to score goals he's a striker it's like yeah but you look at what else he's done um he's he's the kind of player that um would walk into any league 2 starting 11 and uh i don't think he's going to get player of the year for the, the reasons that i've mentioned i don't think he's he's got fans everywhere that uh, you know i mean we're obviously big fans of him and uh, we've we've defended him many times on the podcast but yeah for me if it was if it was a a dark horse you're after, I think Big John's the one for me. I had to toy between two dark horses, and one of them I don't think is a dark horse. One of them I think is a genuine contender who we've neither of us have mentioned. I won't go into it, but I think um, Harry Toffolo uh, is a name that's worth mentioning. But my dark horse is Michael O'Connor. Now I've sung Michael O'Connor's praises quite a bit over the last couple of weeks, certainly on the on the blog and occasionally on the podcast as well. Because I I really like the work that he puts in. And again, he's the workhorse a little bit like Big John in that he does an awful lot of hard work. Um, his is perhaps a little bit more noticeable at times because he's having to screen the defence. He's able to spring an attack. He's really good on the ball. Uh, he's a leader. I think we've seen the Michael O'Connor that we saw uh, as a youngster arrive on loan. When he arrived on loan, I, I remember looking at him thinking this kid is going to play top flight. I thought he was brilliant. Um, and his career hasn't turned out like that. And I don't think it's through a lack of ability. I just think purely that it's um, the type of player that he is that perhaps isn't as much call for them higher up the divisions. You know, he's, he's for me, he's a David Batty-style player. He's he's that player that you you don't instantly think of as going on a jinx in run. You don't think of him kind of mugging off the opposition. They're just functional. Yeah. I mean, he's had he's had injury problems as well, hasn't he? Yeah, but I mean, you know, and the way he's bounced back from that, again, mm. is testament to itself. You know, when this guy came in in the summer, as you say, he'd been out for a year and a half, and uh, and and he's, he's still gone. got a screw in his knee as well. Yeah, there you go. And yet, and when you speak to him, and I appreciate not everybody will get that opportunity. When you speak to uh, to Mickey, he's very grounded now. He's very down to earth. He's very family focused. And I, I, I just think he's had a superb season. He won't win Player of the Year. We both know that the Dark Horses won't win Player of the Year. But they're the players, I think, that had we not had them in our side, I don't think that we would have had as many points as we've got right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think um, that's probably a, a good spot to wrap the discussions up. Um, let us know on Twitter and everything who you think your Player of the Year is going to be. Um, I think, I think there's there's a lot of contenders. Um, like you say, Toff's a genuine contender for me. Um, I think uh, Harry Anderson's been improving all season. Uh, there's a few bits that there's you know you'd like to see him maybe improve a little bit more, but he's he's still a young lad and he's done phenomenally well this season. So, um, but yes, we'll move on. Um, do we want to go straight into? plugs because i think it probably falls under the plug category doesn't it with the uh, the fbas yes yeah yeah it does um so we'll go obviously i've been oh, the stacy west uh, i hesitate to say i because there's a lot of people who make the stacy west what it is uh has been nominated for best club content creator and very lucky once again to be a finalist 15 finalists this year rather than 10 so you could argue that it was a little bit easier um but i don't doubt for one second that had it been 10 uh, thanks to the wonderful support that uh, that we always get, uh, I think we would still have been a finalist. Um, there's a big uh, a big ask now because when you look down the list of of the other competitors that I'm coming up against or that we're coming up against, rather it's Man United, it's Liverpool, it's Wolves, it's Chelsea, it's Arsenal, uh, and then there's myself and and my good friend Pete burying me in exile, kind of bringing up the rear. Uh, I think we're the only ones that are not Premier League. There might be an Aston Villa one in there as well. Um, 
But what we really need is if you visit the blog, stacywest.net, there will be a pinned post at the top, which will say something along the lines of uh, Stacey West nominated for blogging awards once again. And within that, there are three ways to vote. You can vote on Twitter. You don't need to type it all out again like uh, like you did last time. You, there's a link, and if you click on it and you're logged into your Twitter, it'll just take you straight there with the tweet that you need. Retweeting, I'm voting for the Stacey West blog, will not suffice, I'm afraid. Um, you do have to do a fresh tweet. Uh, you can also click on the, there'll be a little widget there that will say vote for me. You can click on that, and you can click on the Football Blogging Awards for site and, and select <laughs> Stacey West blog from the drop down menu. Charlie's going to vote for me, apparently, which is um, <laughs> which is very good. Um, so yeah, please do. It wouldn't be a podcast without an appearance from Charlie. No, well, he's actually been grumbling away in the doorway the whole time. Um, Fee went out to the shop because she's here all week at the minute, and she was kind of trying to calm him down. But if I shut the door, he sits at the door barking. If I open the door, he waits till he hears something outside and then barks. So. But anyway, yeah, please do go and vote. Um, it's going to be the last time I'm going to accept a nomination. I think if I get nominated for it next year, it's not something that I'm going to pursue, um, not out of a lack of gratitude. But I, I just think that, you know, if I, to go three times is a fantastic honour. Um, but I don't want to simply appear there every every year because there's some very good content creators out there. And I wouldn't want my presence to deny somebody else the opportunity to go to the awards. Um, so really, please, 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 let's have a massive push. Get your mum, your gran, your dad. If you've got a barky dog, get them to vote as well. Um, as many times as you can, it would be massively appreciated. Absolutely. So get voting, everybody, because it, uh, it really does mean an awful lot. And it's uh, um, it's something that I'm actually really proud of to be, you know, even just a small part of the, of the site. So... Yeah, it should be. Uh, well, the, you know, hopefully a good one. There's a lot of people, Ben, um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to mention a couple now quickly. And it would be then remiss of me if I miss anybody out. Please, please, please forgive me. But you know, Bob's providing the photography. Malcolm Johnson, who's the resident historian, Tom Williams has done an awful lot for me, um, and he's going to resume doing bits and bobs uh, in the near future. Um, Lewis Kelly's done some stuff for me recently. There's Kyle Keneally as well. There's there's just so many people who um, have contributed in one way or another be it the odd the odd article or, or help me out in a wider way um and you know it's not just the site there's the fanzine as well and then you're like some mike downs who sells out for me all the time and uh, roy thompson's done quite a bit for me so when i say i i'm doing a massive disservice because the stacy west isn't me it's not purely me so if you don't like me if you think i'm a smug bugger or something like that still give us a vote because there's a fantastic team behind us who are just as culpable um but perhaps not quite as smug or as ginger as i am <laughs> fair enough so there we go uh is there anything else that you want to plug quickly before we disappear no not that i can think of Cool. Okay. Uh, I don't really think there's anything that I need to plug this week aside from Cowley v. Cowley again, because um, please, Jane, don't hurt me. Um, I've done it. All right. Cheers. Um, so, yes, and we will see you. Hopefully, you're going to be one of the five and a half thousand or however many it is we've sold at this point to take down to MK Dons. Um, and if you're not, then we'll see you next week. Yep. All right. Bye. Cheers all. Bye. <laughs> the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.